Our meditation for this first Sunday in Advent is on our epistle reading. Hear the word of our Lord from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let no man tell you that the Christian life is simple. Let no man ever tell you that it is easy. Many a well-meaning believer in some poorly thought-out attempt at evangelism will say to his friends, oh, being a Christian is easy. You just have to love God and love your neighbor. It's that simple. This sounds nice on a bumper sticker. It looks great on a t-shirt, and it feels good to say. It is also hideously false advertising that simultaneously masks the struggle in being Christian and robs believers of their joy. What does Christian love mean, anyway? It is not a warm feeling. It is not a vague sense of harmony or brotherhood. It is certainly not a romantic love, either. Christian love is agape love. It is seeking the good of the other for their own sake. It is to be selfless in our outlook toward brothers and sisters in the faith, being willing to make sacrifices so that others are cared for. Agape love is the kind of love that volunteers to change adult diapers in the nursing home. It keeps a smile on as a homeless man pukes on you and to let someone in dire straits yell to you about their problems for hours. Agape love says that your own needs, desires, and goals play second fiddle to the needs, desires, and goals of others. And it is difficult. To live according to Christian love is incredibly hard both in what it would have you do and leave undone. If indeed you live according to agape, you would never dare speak a careless word against someone, lest you harm their reputation. You would not think to look twice at the figure of a married woman or flirt with her, lest being quote-unquote playful or appreciating the female form introduce deadly temptation to both you and your neighbor. To live this way, 
which St. Paul says fulfills God's entire law, is to be racked with guilt every time you catch yourself being covetous or wanting to harm an enemy unprovoked, or thinking dirty thoughts or ignoring the plight of the poor. Worse yet, it leads to fear, because your failure to love this way means God being angry with you. It is easy to say that we must be loving as Christians, but when that means forgiving a former enemy who has gravely wronged you, or staying up all night to make sure a drunk stranger doesn't kill himself from his grief, when it means smiling at your employer and saying yes, sir, when he asks you to stay late and work on Saturday, it becomes very hard. When St. Paul says that love is the fulfilling of the law, he is not saying that we suddenly ignore the contents of the Ten Commandments in favor of some sort of selfless instinct. To the contrary, he is saying that agape is our standard of behavior, and the thesis of these commandments, and that obeying them teaches us how to live up to that standard. This sounds pretty difficult, obviously. Unlike our popular culture, which seems to stand for the opposite of everything Christian these days, God cares about your actions more than your emotions when it comes to matters of love. The scriptures indicate that God is far more interested in how you live, the good that you do, and the bad that you refuse to do, rather than the emotional disposition you might have toward someone. Strictly speaking, if you fail to live up to the standard of agape love, God would say that you are unloving. The Bible never requires you to like every single human being, not even every believer, but heaven help you if you refuse to show them loving action when the situation calls for it. St. Paul tells us also here to wake up and put on the armor of light. We are soldiers, dear Christian. Each new day brings either a march or a fight. And either way, we must be ready for a day full of effort or a day full of resisting the arrows fired on us by the devil and his allies. Beloved, does a good soldier sleep on the job? Does he fight with his comrades or sow discord within the ranks? Heaven forbid. And this is what the apostle warns against. If loving our neighbor is honorable service in God's kingdom, than to gratify the desires of the flesh through acts of lust, rage, or greed is to be in a state of dereliction. Agape love is primarily about what we do, but it is also about what we refuse to do. You have brothers in arms marching side by side with you in the army of Christ, engaging in the same campaign and service. There is no such thing as a private sin. If you submit to the corruption of the flesh, then you will find yourself less able to do the works of love which make the entire church function and thrive in the midst of a hostile culture. Every slanderous word, every angry outburst, every quote-unquote secret engagement of lust 
and indeed any and all sin you commit is an affront to the rest of the church and to God himself. Within this passage we see a great exhortation to do good and avoid evil, namely in spurning the urges of our sinful nature so that we do no wrong to our neighbors. But while we might be tempted to see this as an inspiration to fear, it is better to highlight how encouraging this is. By speaking to Christians about the day arriving and waking up, the Apostle is speaking about those who have faith in Christ already. An unworthy man is not recruited to be a soldier. You and I would not be brought into the great army of our Lord if he had not decided that we were exactly who should be there. St. Paul speaks to men and women who are already saved, already counted worthy by faith in Christ to be subjects in his kingdom. The Christian does the work of loving his neighbor on account of being saved already. He is careful to avoid the sins of the flesh precisely because God has given him a new life, promised him eternity, and bestowed upon him a dignity which our old Adam despises. And those sins will make us feel unworthy. I am sure someone hearing this will say, I can't be a soldier. I'm not worthy of it. I can't do these marvelous things. But beloved, It is not we who decide whether we are qualified to serve. It is our recruiter who created us for good works. My friends, this is not only encouraging to know that we are exhorted as elect believers. It is also a great source of joy. If God brought you in, he shall provide for you. Neither you nor I can fashion some armor of light for ourselves, So it must be the case that God has provided that for us to put on. And what does it mean to put on the armor of light? St. Paul explains that we put on the Lord Christ also, something that happens in our baptism, Galatians 3.27. Remember the cleansing waters of your baptism. Let Jesus be your armor that protects you from damnation while you learn to walk with him. Why do I say that there is joy here? After all, the first part of this sermon describes great difficulty in living according to agape love. Indeed, it can be incredibly hard at times. But when we find ourselves doing what St. Paul is telling us to do here, we find that it assures us how much God is using us. Yes, good works are a part of our assurance of salvation. Not the main part, but they're a part of it. Not only that, but doing so makes God happy. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. If you do your best to live according to agape, with unwavering faith that God has already saved you, then your life pleases our Lord and brings him great joy. I don't know about you, but bringing joy to God through my service brings joy to me. And that makes me passionately desire to be a good Christian soldier. Our final deliverance is nearer every day. 
Each passing moment brings us closer to Christ's return and the inauguration of eternal blessedness for every believer. He comes with salvation for us, a reward, an inheritance, and everything that makes this struggle worth engaging in for life. Let us therefore live like it, believing and acting like all this hard work and everything we must endure is worth it to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now the peace of our Lord, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.